Welcome to the intro. Douglas is currently on his phone. I picked up my mic. Not looking at me. He's looking at his phone, which is more important than him. You son of a Jackson's bitch. in a sour mood. Douglas is in a sour mood. You're in a sour mood. He's in an up stick up butt mood. Butt face. <laughs> you spent too much time with those kids at work and you're starting to use their insults. Nope. Thought of that one on my own. Yeah. You sit here with your lesbian look. <laughs> you just think you're better than everyone else, don't you? Yeah, because I'm lesbian. <laughs> yeah, you lesbian drummer. You think you're hot stuff, don't you? Oh, you just gave away an almost spoiler to the podcast. No, I didn't. Yeah, huh? You no, said I, you said drummer. I know you play drums. <laughs> yeah, but it's an all. That's why I said an almost. Spoiler. You just spoiled it. Well, they're just gonna to, they're just gonna have to wait and find out. Oh my gosh. Happy intro. Happy day before Star Wars. Woo! May the fourth be with you. Star Trek. <laughs> Take that back. Captain Kirk. Hello and welcome back to Night Swims, a podcast hosted by two idiots who think they know everything about mysteries, conspiracies, and strange phenomena. It's an early one today. It, it is... The earliest one in a very long time. Well, uh, I'm Douglas, your host, and here's your co-host, Jackson Houston. Hello. We're both tired. It's yes. currently it's 9.45 right uh, after, uh, Friday. Right after finals week, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, safe to say we are not uh, not up to par with the, uh, with the recording. No, we will be. Yeah, we just got to wake up. But uh, we're back, and uh, we're back home. We both moved back to our... Homes for the yeah, summer. Home sweet home. Uh, we're Obie recording on my dining room table and the chairs that creak, which. Huh? Oh, maybe they don't. Uh, they're fixed. Oh, no, I think that. Maybe the dining room. T- I don't know. I remember last time we recorded here, there was some yeah, creaking. There was some creaking. So, Douglas, there's two things I wanted to cover today. One thing I wanted to cover today, actually. Um, It goes a little something like our number one fan thinks I'm funnier than you. That's all I wanted to say. Shout I'm, out, I'm okay shout with out that. Shout out Mia, our number one fan, who thinks I'm funnier. I'm all right with that. And then that's really all I had to say before I started. You don't have a question? I do, but that's for... Uh, yeah, okay, fine. I'll that's do for it. now. Yeah, I'll do it. All right, so as you know, I'm starting this new thing where I ask you a question each and every week. You don't have to explain it every time. I like to. The people that list are 47... 52. 52 person strong audience, which has been so growing. It's our average is 52. Well, I mean, I would say that's our audience. About 3,700 plays all time. That's good, though. Yeah, almost 4,000. That's good. I remember when we hit 1,000. Now we're at almost four. Yeah. That's Sky's crazy. the limit. Sky's so, Doug, the limit. you know, question of the week. Who is your celebrity crush? Hmm. Male. Male? Oh gosh, there's a lot of them. I have to pick through a lot of people. Well, you better pick, then pick right. I don't want to go basic and say Chris Hemsworth. That is basic. That is basic. It's, it's too very basic. basic. So I'm gonna go someone who has had a real impact on my life. <laughs> so it's gonna be a musician, and I'm gonna say Eddie Vedder when when he was young. He was good looking. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. All right. What about you? <laughs> you're just going to let me name my celebrity. Yeah, I'm just going to make it seem like you're the weird one. <laughs> no, nah, I'd say uh, Ryan Reynolds. Of course. That's kind of basic. It's not basic. Yeah, I don't do it for the looks. Yeah, but I mean. I do it for the. The charm. The comedy. And the charm. No, I think he's hilarious. Well, yeah. He's like. The best part about Ryan Reynolds is he's like the same person in all of his movies. That's true. But he makes it. He makes it all like different. Yeah, but he just like it's pretty. It's pretty genius. It's so you pretty, so, so you like funny over uh, anything else. You're setting me up for something. I feel like no. I'm saying in the sense of a fake celebrity crush on a male. Well, no, but like I would pick Ryan is, Reynolds because he's hilarious. Is humor like a main thing for you? Yeah, dope people bore me. Oh well, then why are you dating Savannah? <laughs> oh, that's cool. Savannah, she could be funny. Yeah, she's, but she's funny. She though. makes a lot of weird noises. I know she's been making a lot of weird noises yeah. lately. I might have to take her in and get her oil changed. 
Not not Gert. <laughs> not Girthy Gert, your truck. No, I know. I know who we're talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. I have to get our oil changed. <laughs> so, Douglas, today's topic was actually uh, suggested. Did you hear that dog? Yeah, I heard a oh. dog. We don't Today, usually hear dogs. I know. <laughs> we usually heard... Uh, yeah, don't make oh, me Excuse on. me. Heard people... Yeah, there you go. You're yawning. So... <laughs> I got it. What, um... Today's topic is is uh it, it was suggested to us by um by our friend uh, Andrew Wing. Oh really? He suggested a couple. We have a couple suggestions from him. I think one or two from Katie Kelly, uh, which we plan on covering in the future. But uh, I I woke I so I I got on my phone and I looked at my list of stuff to see in the future and I saw what this was called. I'm not going to tell you it to keep the spookiness. And I saw that Andrew had suggested it, so I was like, "Oh, I'll look it up." And then it, I typed it, it in. Like actually spooky. Yeah, I typed it in, and I immediately like, I like immediately like. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Recognized it. Yeah. Because yeah, I'd like read about it before. Oh, so and I was I'll, like, I'll recognize it possibly. Maybe. Um, but I'm not going to tell you the name. Uh, so that I use I used a um, I used a website called All That's Interesting, and then I used a different website uh to discuss like all the theories of what. Uh, could possibly happen. Uh, this website has pictures, Ooh. so you're gonna have maybe need to scoot your chair over when, when, you I, when the or time I'll comes. Just flip. I'll yeah. do it. So um, I'm not gonna tell you what this is called at all. I'm just gonna start reading. I'm gonna see if you can recognize it. Okay. And then if you recognize it, then I'll tell you the name. All right. All right. And so same for the listeners. I'm not gonna say anything. I just make it a little mystery. Ooh. Mystery on a mystery. Yeah. So. <coughs> In January of 1959, nine, <gasps> <I know> it. <laughs> nine Soviet college students were killed under mysterious circumstances while hiking through the Ural Mountains in what's now known as the, I almost read that, I'm going to say as the blank incident. <laughs> it's funny if you gave it up that quick. Yeah, I almost did. So. Nothing. Nothing's coming to mind. Dude, I hate these yawns. Well, slap yourself in the face. Ah. Uh, Doesn't help. No, yeah. it made it worse. So, on January 31st, 1959, 23-year-old skier Igor... <laughs> Alexievich... Skior Igor... Dyatlov... And his team of eight experienced ski hikers from the Earl Polytechnical Institute embarked on a journey to reach the peak of a torton. A mountain in the northern rurals. Northern rurals? Ready for the kicker? Is this, is this Russia? Oh, I hope me swallowing didn't just get picked it up. It got picked up, probably. But you ready for the kicker? I think so. None of the hikers were ever seen alive again. After January 31st, I heard of this, but I don't know what the thing is called. From what was recovered from cameras and diaries discovered at the site of their deaths... Investigators were able to piece together that on February 1st, the hiking team began to make their way through the then-unnamed pass leading to Otorten. As they pushed through the hostile climate towards the base of the mountain, they were hit with snowstorms that ripped through the narrow pass. Decreasing visibility caused the team to lose their sense of direction, and instead of moving toward Otorten, they accidentally deviated west and found themselves on the slope of a nearby mountain. Is this a Yeti story? Mm. Why'd you say no like that? No. Okay. This mountain is known as Koyatsiakol, meaning <laughs> dead mountain in the language of the indigenous Mansi people of the region. Where Where is this again? Uh, this is in Nepal or the something? The Ural Mountains, or Ural. Ural? Ural Mountains? Ural. <laughs> where, where are those? I need like the, a country. Uh, okay, hold on. Earl, Earl Mountains. Mountains. Uh, the Earl Mountains, s- uh, simply the Earl Mountain Range that runs approximately from north to south through western Russia. Oh, okay. Cool. So to avoid losing the altitude they had gained, or perhaps simply because the team wanted to practice camping on a mountain slope before their ascent of a Torten, Dyatlov called for camp to be made there. I hope I'm reading these names right. Dyatlov. Uh, it was on this solitary mountainside that all nine hikers would meet their ends. So here's a picture of... Hold on, let me cover up the... I'm not going to know the name. See? Uh. Here's a picture for the hikers. These these are from the cameras that were recovered. Okay. 
Uh, so before embarking on this journey, Dyatlov had told his sports club that he and his team would send them a telegram as soon as they returned from the hike. However, when February 20th rolled around and there was still no communication from the ski hikers, a search party was mounted. I want you to know, I've said part of the name of this thing probably five times. The Mystery of a Torton. No. Dang it. The volunteer rescue force that trekked through the Dyatlov Pass found the campsite but no hikers. So army and police investigators were sent in to determine what happened to the missing students. Hmm. Yeah. When they arrived on the mountain, I just revealed the name. When they arrived on <laughs> How the am mountain, I supposed to know? you should be listening. I am listening. The investigators weren't hopeful. Though the students were experienced hikers, the route they had chosen was remarkably difficult. And accidents on tricky mountain trails are not unheard of. The difficult, tricky mountain trails of the lost hikers. <laughs> no. I With don't so know. many days gone, they expected to find bodies and sad but uncompl- uncomplicated answers. They were only partially correct. Bodies were found, yet the state in which they found them only raised more questions. Their discovery would open a mystery that continues to this day. Is that the whole story? No. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) And scene. Okay, it's the Dyatlov Pass incident. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. So here's a here's a of picture course of the Andrew tent would pick from a the de- skiing from, uh, story. when they found it? Ooh. Yeah, that's like a. Yeah. Doesn't even look like a tent anymore. Well, I'll explain you to you can't, why. You can't sleep in that tent. Uh, Not like ready? that. You ready to listen? Why the tent's like Hold that? On, I got to wipe. You know when you yawn and you get tears in your eye. It yeah. just happened, but in one eye. Yeah, I know that. I think I'm dying. No. So when they arrived at the campsite. The first thing that the investigators noticed was that the tent had been cut open from the inside, and most of the team's belongings, including several pairs of shoes, had been left there. Hmm. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Dude, I'm such a loud swallower. We need some cups of coffee or something. (laughs) They then discovered eight or nine sets of footprints from the team, many of them clearly made by people without either nothing, socks, or a single shoe on their feet. Who would who would have time just to put a single shoe on? You'll, I don't know. These tracks led to the edge of the nearby woods, almost a mile away from the camp, and at the forest's edge, under a large cedar, the investigators found the remains of a small fire and the first two bodies. <sighs> I'm sorry about the names. Yuri Krivonyshenko, who was 23, and Yuri Doroshenko, who was 21. The same and name. despite temperatures of negative 13 to negative 22 degrees Fahrenheit on the night of their deaths, both men's bodies were found shoeless and wearing only underwear. Uh, here's the bodies of both Yuri's. Right there. And so we'll post uh, some of these photos on yeah. the Instagram. Probably not the pictures of the dead bodies, just for the sake of, you know, uh, respect, I guess. They posted them on a website. Well, they don't... I don't know. It just... It seems... I don't know. It makes sense not to put bodies on the Instagram. Okay. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I put bodies on the Instagram before. Well, if you have, then... Yeah, we'll be fine. So, they then found the next three bodies. Those of Dyatlov, who was the leader. uh, Zineda Komogorova, who was 24. And Rustam Slobodin, who was 23. And he died on their way back to the camp from the cedar tree. So here is uh, okay. So it's Dia. Okay, so this is Diatlov, uh, Como Grovo, Grova, right there, and then uh, Slobodin, right here. Slobodin. Yeah. Slobodin. While the circumstances were odd, the cause of death was clear. Uh, all the students had perished from hypothermia. Their bodies showed no indication of severe external damage beyond what had been inflicted by the cold. It wasn't until the other four bodies were found two months later that the mystery deepened. So at this point, they found uh, five out of the nine Mm -hmm. when they found these. So, yeah, then two months later. Uh, They were discovered buried under the snow in a ravine 75 meters deeper into the woods than the cedar. And their bodies told dramatically different stories than those of the other members of the group. Uh, three of the ski hikers had fatal injuries, including Nikolai Thibault Brignoles, who was 23, who had suffered significant skull damage in the moments before his death. Like, L- he was hit by something? I think so. Like, tra- yeah, like, yeah, like trauma. 
to the face. Oh, actually, listen to this. So, uh, Lidumila Dubinina, 20, and Semyon Zolotaryov, 38, uh, both had major chest fractures that could only have been caused by an immense force comparable to that of a car crash. Hmm. So, in the most gruesome part... Ooh, 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 I just read ahead. In the most gruesome part of the Dyatlov Pass incident, Dubinina was missing her tongue, eyes, part of her lips, as well as facial tissue and a fragment of her skull bone. So here's her body on her knees with her face and chest pressed to the rock. So here she is, like, there's her head. What? Yeah, and I'm guessing she's, like, upright. Yeah. So it's like she was, like, trying to crawl. Oh, man. Yeah. They also found the body of Alexander Kolovatov, uh, 24, in the same location, but without any severe wounds. So the second group of bodies suggested that the hikers had died at distinctly different times. They appeared to have been making use of the clothes of the people who died before them. Dibinina's foot was wrapped in a piece of Krivonyshenko's wool pants. And Zolo Tarvalv was found in Dubinina's faux fur coat and hat, suggesting he had taken them from her after she had died, just as she had taken from Krivyanshenko. Krivyanshenko. Uh, so here's a view of the bodies of Kolovatov, Zolo Tarvalv, and Thibaut Brignolas in the ravine. Hmm. You really can't even make out, like... No, yeah, you can't. It is a little, little little iffy, but somewhere in that picture are three bodies. The mysterious mysterious circumstances of the Dyatlov Pass incident beg for an explanation, and many have been put forward. Uh, What happens if I click this link? Oh, whoops. So it puts early a virus on, on your computer. What? It puts a virus on your computer. <sighs> I hope they don't look at my search history. It's just a bunch of fat people eating McDonald's. <laughs> fat people fighting over food. <laughs> fat people falling. That's my favorite. I think it's so funny. It's like babies. It's like uh, pandas at the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> it is like pandas at the zoo. Why are we doing this? I don't know. We I've been talking a lot about the Atlov Pass. What does that have to do with the? Oh, we're we're steering away, you know. We're yeah. Serpent, serpentines. Dude, <laughs> we're freshening up. What are you doing? Stop touching everything. I just I don't know. I see all these Mardi Gras beads and it makes me miss Mardi Gras. Oh, my ice melted. My water cup. Yeah. <laughs> I think finals week really did a number on us. Dude, it drained me so much. This morning I woke up at 6. Yeah. Uh, I woke up at 6. Yeah. So I woke up at 6 and I'm sitting there. And then I start thinking to myself um, that I didn't turn in any of my exams. That I got an email. Like <laughs> I, I had like a dream, but it was like I was like awake. And like in that like weird like dream thing, I was like, I didn't turn in any of my exams. And I would gotten an email from all my teachers that were like, hey, you didn't turn any of your exams. Um What's up with that? And so then I, I literally, like, I'm sitting there awake for, like, a half hour, and I'm thinking, like, I turned them in, didn't I? No, I didn't. I need to get them. No, I'm just, like, messing with myself. No. No, I really forgot it. I just kept doing that back and forth for, like, 30 minutes, and then I eventually went back to bed. I woke I had, up at, like, 8. I had a weird dream that I went back to high school, but at the same age that I'm at right now. And I was just taking all my classes that I used to take. As a 20-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> With a bunch of sixteen and seventeen year olds, <laughs> I bet you weird. felt real cool. I did. I was wearing sunglasses. Oh my god! I was like, a cigarette behind my ear. <laughs> <laughs> That's how my dreams went. Yeah, my dream was ter- like terrifying. <laughs> Your dream is just. I also had a dream, but it's about uh, something we haven't talked about on the podcast yet. Tomorrow. We haven't talked about it. Oh, we haven't. Yeah. Do you want to real quick? Yeah, I guess. We don't, I mean, if you want to get back to the story. I mean, we can get back to the story. You want to Ow. You want to talk about that later? Yeah, we'll just talk about it later. No, you're fine. It was, it was pretty scary, though. It was just how we were getting there is what was scary. <laughs> so stop talking about it. You're just going to make people wonder. 
Yeah, that's you're the point. Confusing in Mia. case people, you're confusing no. Mia and Preston. Yeah, but uh, the <laughs> only two people I know that listen. Yeah, but it gets, and Mary Ashley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but Cameron, we'll maybe. talk about it at the end of the podcast. That gets people to go all the way to the end, or they'll skip it. Or the, don't I, skip I it. usually skip through it whenever I listen. Well, you know what's gonna happen. That's so, true. Yeah. That is true. Whatever. So yeah, what happened to Pavlov and his dog? Yeah. <laughs> Pavlov, first off. So early Ding. on, many Soviets suspected that the students' deaths were the result of an ambush by the local Manzi tribesmen. A sudden attack would account for the way the hikers flood their tents, their disarray, and the damage done to the second group of bodies. Hmm. Uh, but that explanation fizzled quickly. The Manzi people were largely peaceful, and the evidence in the Dyatlov Pass didn't support violent human conflict. For one, the damage done to the students' bodies exceeded the blunt force trauma one human could inflict on another. There was also no evidence of any footprints on the mountain beyond those made by the hikers themselves. Investigators, Dang it, so no Yeti. Well, we don't know. Investigators then conceived a swift, violent avalanche. And then conceived of a swift, violent avalanche. Uh, the sound of snow collapsing and early warning to the deluge to come would have frightened the hikers out of their tents in a state of undress and sent them sprinting for the tree line. <coughs> but how does that explain someone's eyes, lips, and whatever else missing? Well, Tongue. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know. I guess they didn't really... I don't know. Uh, an avalanche would also have been powerful enough to inflict the injuries that killed the second group of stu- uh, students. Really? Yeah. Uh... But controversy raged. Yes. Oh, would the experienced hikers have made camp in a spot that was vulnerable to an avalanche? That was kind of like a big question after like they had gotten rid of everything. Because you know they had like there was like nine people who had like they weren't new at this, and they had like a thirty-eight-year-old who had been doing this for a long time, and this young leader who knew like who got to where it was because he was so experienced. Well, I mean, they set up camp after they were like. In a storm, right? I I don't know. I feel they, like that's they left the thirty first, and then on the twenty sixth they were found, um, or the 29th. Yeah, but like you said that they were hiking, then a snowstorm hit, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna set up camp or something." So I feel like that they probably that that avalanche thing might be true, because like if there wasn't a snowstorm they would know where to set up camp but since they were going off in the wrong direction oh okay i see what you mean yeah like they, were, they got lost yeah okay and so like we had to set up camp here yeah so then there was the fact that when investigators found the bodies they noted no evidence that an avalanche had occurred any time recently in the region uh, there was no damage to the tree line and searchers observed no debris Hmm. No avalanches had been recorded at that site before, nor have there ever been any since. Interesting. Uh, the avalanche hypothesis was characteristic of most of the theories put forward in the early days of the mystery. It offered an incisive solution to some aspects of the puzzle, but utterly failed to account for others, like most theories in, that we cover. Yeah. So, some tried to explain the hikers' strange behavior and lack of clothing with an in-depth look at the effect of hypothermia. Irrationality is a common early sign of hypothermia as the victim approaches death. They may paradoxically perceive themselves to be overheating, resulting in removed clothes. The trauma to the second group of bodies in this version of events is caused by stumbling plunge by a stumbling plunge over the edge of the ravine. Yet hypothermia doesn't explain why the hikers left their warm tents in a panic for the frigid world outside in the first place. Yeah, yeah that's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, other investigators begin to, t- to test the theory that the death were deaths were the result of some argument among the group that got out of hand, possibly related to a romantic encounter that could explain some of the lack of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> but people who knew the ski group said they were largely harmonious. What's what? <laughs> like, uh, okay. Usually we have, you know... Um, someone like to fact check for it but we're sitting here having to do it ourselves yeah, this is an outrage how do you harmonious. spell harmonious there it is like harmonica uh tuneful forming a pleasing or consistent whole free from disagreement so they were very like agreeable and uh friendly okay so how does that are we still talking about the romantic encounter thing yeah 
the argument that was caused by a romantic encounter, but people who knew the skew group said they were largely harmonious. Okay, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get the romantic one. That <laughs> doesn't really make a lot of sense. Well, it first doesn't make sense because why would you go out and do a snowstorm to do it? I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, hey, let's go in negative 22 degree weather. <laughs> and let's go in the tree line. Or do you know we could, like, stay here? <laughs> I've, no. got the, I've got the thermos full of hot soup. You don't want to stay? I just... <laughs> I could go on about that. I'm not going to do that. So uh, more compelling is the point that the skiers would have been no more able to inflict the damage to their fellow fellows than the Mansi. The force involved in the death rendered them extremely unlikely to have been brought about by... Drumroll. Humans. <laughs> what the heck? I don't know. So here's a memorial erected for the students. Uh -huh. I can't read what that. that. It's a car behind oh. you. You can't read that? I can't read that. <laughs> don't you dare say sneeze. <laughs> well, yeah, I know you can't. Oh, wow, yeah, that's in Russian. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I meant. So with humans... <laughs> So with humans, okay, <laughs> that it. Shut up. With humans effectively ruled out as the culprits, aliens. So, quick question: uh, Did you bring a laptop? No, I came empty-handed. You saw me go walk in the door. We have the application. Oh, I had to. I got my phone. Okay. So with humans <laughs> ruled out, told me to bring my laptop. I figured you would have. You want to go and get... With humans effectively ruled out as the culprits, some began to posit non-human assailants. Posit? Let me see it. P-O-S-I-T. Posit. Began to, began to posit non-human assailants. People began to whisper... That the, thank you. That the hikers were killed by a mank. A kind of <laughs> Russian yeti. Okay. Ugh. What? That's what a Russian Yeti would sound like. Oh. <laughs> to account for the immense force and power necessary to cause the injuries to three of the students. Just imagine like a big old handlebar mustache and a top hat and a, uh, <laughs> with a knife. You can go home. Okay. This theory is popular among those who focus on the damage done to uh, Dibinina's face, who had like the tongue, the eyes, like yeah. everything removed. A Russian Yeti. While most explain her missing Scarier tissue, than other Yetis. Would you... Okay. <laughs> Keep going. Say 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 what else it's you want to say. It's just scarier than that, you know. So this theory is popular among those who focus on the damage to Divinina's face. While most explain her missing tissue by posting a visit from small scavengers or perhaps decay resulting from a partial submersion in a watery under-snow stream, mink proponents see a more sinister predator at work. What are you doing? Why are you on your phone? Why are you on your phone? That's what the whenever you hear it. I like that song. Yeah, what was that second one? What what, what do you what mean? What was this? the second one song? I like that one. It was the same song. I skipped through it. Oh, that was a good so, song. So Rasputin by. <laughs> Boney M. Oh, Ross, Ross <laughs> but that's the song you hear before you get attacked by the Russian Yeti. <laughs> that took you a while to figure out. <laughs> this stop was worth it. Ah. <laughs> For Mother Russia. So other sleuth. 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 I know how to spell that. Yeah. S-L-E-U-T-H. S. Sleuths. Oh, yeah, plural. Idiot. So other sleuths point to reports that small amounts of radiation were detected on the bodies. What? Ooh. Leading Aliens. to wild theories that the students have been killed by some sort of secret radioactive weapon. No. Like the ray gun. No. Or the noisy cricket from Men in Black. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's funny because it's tiny. You know they're making a new one? Yeah, it looks yeah, terrible. It does. I hate what they're doing. I mean, Chris Hemsworth is great. Yeah. And she I mean, played um, Valkyrie and Thor. Yeah. And well, Avengers. they they have some chemistry. Yeah, but like, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
No, I'm not a fan. That's like the second movie I've seen where um, in the trailer they talk because it's like what the name has to do with predominantly men stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the main character, like, he'll say, like, we're the men in black. And then he turns back to the supporting woman character and be like, men and women in black. And I'm like, you're trying too hard. You yeah. Know? That trailer was like, it was like, uh, it doesn't like look that good. It's it just doesn't. a bunch of CGI. Yeah. Oh, we have our my mom here on the podcast. <laughs> our our my mom. <laughs> do you want to do you want to say anything? I think she's good. She just stole a giant tub of your peppermint patties. <laughs> do you want to say? <gasps> we Ooh, get candy. She gave us candy and money. And money. No, I got. No, no, no. Oh. I was really hoping yeah. for that money. Well, I paid you seven dollars yesterday, so I'd get the money. You offered to pay me seven dollars yesterday. Oh yeah. <gasps> yes. Sweet. yes. This is my breakfast. You can have a Mr. Good Bar with peanuts. Ew, ew. I don't want a Mr. Good Bar. <laughs> Give me some chocolate. Bye. Bye. Thank you. I don't want jelly beans. I said chocolate. <gasps> Milk chocolate with crisp rice? No. It's good. Try ew, it. No. Try it. Oh, it's Try like it. a... It's like a, a crunch bar. Yeah, it's like a crunch bar. Here, I'll eat one with you. Let's let's All do right. a review. Okay. Let's do, let's ew, do a, mine's super melted. Let's do a mid, mid-podcast chocolate review. We're going to start this. We should bring like different things of chocolate every day when we record. All, All right, right ready? three, two, let's, let's clink it. Oh, hold no. on, it. Or clinked it. Yeah, I think it's right. up. Ready? Go. <laughs> I think it's a little stale. Mine's a little. <laughs> Mine. Oh. Mine's a little melted. I mean, overall, it's good. It's a crunch bar, yeah. but they called it cracker. <laughs> Cracker. That was a good cracker. <laughs> you know it might be good. What? A little chocolate drizzle over a saltine cracker. <laughs> I mean, if it's good with ketchup, it's probably good with chocolate. Ew. I don't know. How you don't need saltine crackers with chocolate. That cracker. Um, I've never had a, a little Hershey's kiss before. I'm a. Give me a Hershey's kiss. But anyways, I'll so the Men in kiss. Black trailer. Uh. Was like super CGI, CGI heavy, about like. Oh, we're still talking about this. Well, we—that's what we were talking about before my mom came in. Right. It's like super CGI heavy, and you know, it's nothing like the original like three, like the or at least the original two at least were very. Okay, you're making so much noise. I'm trying to dig through the the bag. The original, the original uh, two, were very like you know practical effects and everything, and yeah. this one's now like CGI and like they're not even like. I don't think you're gonna like mention J or K. So that I'm not sure which Men in Black movie it was, but the scene that always freaked me out in those movies was the part where the woman gives birth to the alien baby, and it's just tentacles oh, are flopping about. One. Yeah, that was the first one. It freaked me out. Yeah. I don't like tentacles. Yeah, that part. Yeah, that was in the first one. That was really funny. But another trailer that bu- bugged me, real quick. Then we'll get back to this. Um, was the. Hobbs and Shaw trailer. I don't think I've seen it. It essentially gave away the entire movie in the trailer. <gasps> yeah, I, mean, like, I called okay, the you're not even listening to me anymore. I'm just gonna give me one more thing. Actually, you know what? Hold on. Okay, we're back. Okay, you gotta stop unraveling everything. We took a break to get some candy. I don't want to taste good. No, but um, no, that's weird. We're gonna continue talking about the Dale Elf Pass incident. Yeah, we probably should. So we last talked about, um, oh, how there was radiation detected on the bodies, and people believe they were killed by some sort of secret radioactive weapon. So those who favor this idea stress the strange appearance of the bodies at their funerals. The corpses had a slightly orange withered cast. Hmm. But had radiation been the cause of death, more than modest levels would have been registered when the bodies were examined. The corpses' orange hue isn't surprising given the frigid conditions in which they lay. They were partially mummified in the cold. But for many, uh, the possibility of a mysterious military weapon is too intriguing to resist. Some say the ski hiking team was unfortunate enough to stumble into the USSR. 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 Oh, yeah. I was saying it wrong. The USSR testing... You know what it stands for? Uh... 
U- United State of Soviet Russia. United Soviet States of Russia, I think. Um, well, okay, I almost got it right. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> so, blah, 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 blah. Oh. Hey, Siri, what is... What does... <laughs> hey, Siri, what does USSR stand for? This is a historical term. Oh, we were, we were way off. Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. What does it stand for? So we said, um, United, United Soviet States of Russia. Yeah. <laughs> you were saying? Stop! <laughs> it's the Union of... Crap, I forgot. Why is this playing? <laughs> What's it stand for? Oh my god, I gotta research it again. Okay, Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. <laughs> okay, we weren't that far off. We were pretty far. We mixed United States in there. Oh yeah. That was bad. Okay. I'm chewing. United Soviet States of America. Ooh, that's cold. So, <laughs> some say this team was unfortunate enough to stumble into the USSR. Testing a concussive weapon or perhaps a parachute mine exercise. This explanation is popular because it is partially supported by the testimony of another hiking group, one camping 50 kilometers from the Dyatlov Pass team on the same night. The other group spoke of strange orange orbs floating in the sky around Koyatsyakol, a slight, a site proponents of this theory interpret as distant explosions. So this photo. I had to do that. I want to try one. Go ahead. Sorry. So this photo from Krivonshenko's camera uh, is is like said by some people. What is that on my laptop? Oh, it's, it's in the photo. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Look right oh, there. Yeah. So uh, some say that it shows the glowing spheres. This is super. It's a super blurry photo, yeah. so I don't know. Maybe. They, dude, you are being a mess today. I'm eating candy for breakfast, and so are you. I already had breakfast. I did not know that these were chewy. <laughs> what is it? Is it gum? It's a Smarties. It is bubble gum. <laughs> How many did you eat? <laughs> Just one. <laughs> No, I don't want it. I want to see the thing. It clearly says bubblegum. I didn't read that. All right. That took me by surprise. Take your eggs back. So the hypothesis goes that the second group, or the sound, not the second group, the sound of the concussions drove the hikers from their tents in a panic. Half clothed, the first group died of hypothermia while attempting to take shelter from the blast by waiting near the tree line. (laughs) Oh my God. Sorry, I don't want it. You just threw your gum on the plate of trash. You need to cover that up. Cover that up. Cover it up. You... uh. Okay, good enough. The second group, uh, having seen the first group freeze, determined to go back for their belongings, but fell victim to hypothermia too. I don't understand how if they all ran out at the same time, one group died quicker. Maybe one... And then they fall victim to hypothermia. Maybe a couple people had more clothes on than others. Oh, yeah. And while the third group... Apparently some people like to sleep in their underwear during a snowstorm. Yeah. Yeah. So the first group uh, died taking shelter in the tree line according to this theory. The second group determined to go back to their belongings but also uh, died of hypothermia. And then the third group got caught in a brand new blast further into the forest and died from their injuries. Lev Avin- Ivanov, the chief investigator of the Dyatlov Pass incident, said, <clears throat> I suspected at the time, and I'm almost cer- sure now, that these bright flying spheres had a direct connection to the group's death. Uh, when he was interviewed by a small Kazakh newspaper in 1990. I've heard of that. Censorship and, the se- and secrecy in the USSR forced him to abandon this line of inquiry. In the end, the hikers' deaths were officially attributed to a compelling natural force, and the case was closed. 
The pass in which the hikers lost their lives was named the Dyatlov Pass in honor of Igor Alexievich Dyatlov, the leader of the Lost Expedition. A monument to the nine hikers was erected in the Mikhajalov Cemetery at Yekaterinburg, where the only people who will ever know the truth of what happened that night in the Dyatlov Pass were laid to rest. Hmm. So this was published in October of 2017, but I have a, let me uh, double check my, double check my report. Okay, no need. There's absolutely zero need to bang on my table. Where is it? I had something. Um. Oh, here it is. Is this the theories? No. Uh, so, this article is by CNN and it was published February 4th, 2019. Uh, Russian prosecutors have launched a new investigation into the mysterious case of nine students who died in bizarre circumstances mm. after disappearing uh, 60 years ago. So, uh, the article then like goes over just how like no one was able to find anything. Uh, you know, the background of everything... There have been about 75 theories that have been put forward, including an alien abduction. Uh, I'm going to read a few of the articles, or not a few of the articles, a few of the theories. Sweet. So, uh, oh, okay. So, however, the new inquiries will only investigate three theories considered the most likely ones. All of them are somehow connected with natural phenomena, said Alexander Kiranoi the official representative of Russian's prosecutor general. Crime is out of the question, he said, adding there is not a single proof, even an indirect one, to favor this criminal version. It was either an avalanche, a snow slab, or a hurricane. Relatives, the media, and the public still ask prosecutors to determine the truth and don't hide their suspicions that something was hidden from them, Kirono said in a video posted to an, on an official website. Appearing at a press conference, a spokesman for the prosecutor's office for the Verdlovsk's region revealed a 400-page volume of original case materials. Audrey Kirokov told the news conference that investigators were relying on the help of friends and family of the deceased as well as modern technology, which was not available at the time. Also at the press conference was Peter Bartolome, a friend of Dyatlov. He said, a year prior to the incident, we went to the subpolar Urals in an expedition where the conditions were much more difficult than his last venture. I have always characterized him as a wonderfully knowledgeable person, an athlete, always well prepared. One could always rely on him. I can say the same for the rest of the guys, although we did not go on as many expeditions as with Igor. I am glad that years after a high level investigation is resumed to understand what exactly happened. Next month, so uh, March, I guess in March, uh, prosecutors flew to the site and a range of experts and rescue workers uh, were involved in the investigation. They conducted nine different examinations, including a forensic probe, which helped to fill in a number of blank spots, Kiranoi added. So that is the, that's the most recent thing I can find on the... Um, Dietlov Pass incident. So now I'm going to... Oh, here we go. So... Ooh, okay, this is a lot. Great. Well, so, okay, so... So there's... I can read a Wikipedia version of theories, or I can read theories from the official Dietlov Pass website, which has, like, specific dates... Uh, a reference table, a timeline, updates, search, photos, the deaths of the individuals, and then all the theories. And there's on this website, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 theories. There's also cameras that I, that you can look at, like the camera, like photos from the cameras that were recovered. There's an unknown camera. You look up case files. So this website's very, very in-depth. Okay, well, let's do that. So you want to read from this one? Well, yeah, but you don't have to read. I'm not. Yeah, I'm word. not going to read all of them. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Here's what I'll do. I'll read out a name and see if you want me to. Yeah, do yeah, that yeah, one. yeah, yeah. 
Okay. So close that, close that. Okay, so the first one is KGB agents controlled environment. Yes. You want me to read this one? Yes. Oh, jeez. Okay. So <laughs> Alexei. <laughs> I need to get close because this is hard to read. Do it. Alexei Rakitin, author of the book Dyatlov Pass, introduces the version that Siemon, Semyon Zolotaryov, Alexander Kolovatov, and Yuri Krivonyshenko were KGB agents on a mission to uncover a cell of CIA agents. <coughs> they were to deliver radioactive samples and then take photographs of the Americans, but something went wrong and the CIA agents killed the group. It sounds absurd now, but it does state, sound absurd. But <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. But in a state of fear and paranoia, this was the only way to spy on Soviet Union. Uh, Russians were not stupid either. They repeatedly fooled Western by radioactive tainted material. Just they repeatedly fooled Western <laughs> by radioactive tainted material from places that had nothing to do with it. This brings us to the so-called theory of Western intelligence involvement. According to this theory, two or more members of the Dyatlov group were hired by the KGB to deliver fake proof of radioactive tainted clothes. The rest of the group were probably unaware of the real purpose of their journey. Rakitin, Rak, Rakitin's version is one of which is widely spread now and is quite logical in terms of explanation of the most mysterious issues. Radioactive clothes and usage of radiation detectors Gray foam on Doroshenko's face, absence of shoes and upper garments, and at least one camera still missing. Hmm. So there's a lot more to go about, but it's essentially just like exploring the theory more, but that's pretty summed up theory. So. Yeah. so the next one is hikers mistaken for escaped prisoners from a gulag prison. That one doesn't really seem plausible because like, you know tents and then like they are there are there mountains. even gulags near where they were found in the rural mountains yeah uh, aren't they more in like eastern russia i don't know where a gulag is i think they're more like siberia kind of you think yeah let's skip that one no, no. i mean the it sounds interesting but there's mancinados but we already read about that one okay bum Bum bum. Alright, this one is just. This one's kind of long. Uh, it's just titled Shrooms. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so, fly agaric, parentheses, Amanita muscarla, they're muscaria, are very toxic, but they become less lethal when dried out. Conveniently, they grow most commonly under pine trees because their spores travel exclusively on pine needles. So the shaman would often hang them on lower branches of the pine they were growing under to dry out before taking them back to the village. As an alternative, he would put them in a sock and hang them over his fire to dry. Excuse me. Another way to remove the fatal toxins. Okay, so that's talking about removing the toxins. Blah, 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 blah. So theory one. Svetlana Os Is that a car horn? Yeah Who's honking? I don't think it's at us We're yeah, good yeah. We love your podcast <laughs> So Svetlana Os in her, in her book Don't Go There That is my no-no script <laughs> Oh, you, you proud of that one? Yeah Believes that <laughs> Conti Hunters who had taken Argaric Fly to get themselves in a killing mood, killed Roostern Slobodin with a dynamic head kick and inflicted the chest injuries by jumping or bouncing on the chest of Yuri Doroshenko. A dynamic head kick. Yeah. Uh, Luida Dubinina and Simeon Zolorotra. Dude, these names are hard. Yeah. Svetlana claims. Uh, oh, no. Okay. It's, I read that. Okay, so... Uh, they killed Slobodin with a dynamic head kick and inflicted chest injuries to Yuri Doroshenko, Luida Dubinina, and Semyon Zolotarov. So Svetlana claims they wanted to avoid shooting so as to foil investigators, which is why they sanitized the tent area covering their footprints with snow and making the cuts themselves. 
thereafter forcing the hikers to discard clothing and footwear, which is why Dyatlov's jacket and flashlight were found outside the tent. Svetlana interprets this photo. <gasps> Whoa. Look. From. Ooh. Yeah, so she interprets. What? So essentially, to describe it, um, it's a very snow-heavy like area with trees, and then honestly, it looks like a bigfoot. Yeah, that's what I thought. But here, it's like I'm a yeti. Do this real quick, Doug. A yeti. It's the Russian yeti. Ra ra Rasputin, lover of the Russian queen. Here, I, I went ahead and texted you that photo. Thank you. Uh, so Slavana interprets that photo I got it. as a hunter. Who was following the group and was surprised when they held quietly until the stalker briefly emerged and this photo was taken before the figure retreated back into the woods. Yeah, this guy, he looks... I don't know. This would also explain their choice to pitch the tent away from the tree line. Zyatrov and Thabo were almost fully clothed and wearing some kind of footwear. Zolotaryov... <coughs> was found with a camera around his neck. She speculates that the two might have gone outside the tent to relieve themselves, and Zoyotov took his camera because something interesting was happening. Hmm. And then read more about it there. Okay. What was so, happening? What was the interesting thing? Then peeing. Is that it? I think so. So theory two... <laughs> Is the possibility is that the group may have ingested the mushrooms, either intentionally or unintentionally, and suffered the delirium and sweating with acute doses. This would account for what happens to the bizarre behavior of the group at the final night. Here is a reenactment by Sandro de... Ah, oh, can't find the page. Can't watch a reenactment. Damn. That's upsetting. So next theory is avalanches, but we again already read about that. The investigators said that there's never been an avalanche there, so it would be very unlikely hmm. that one avalanche happened and there's never been any since. So this... What? UFO. We have to. We have this to. This photo, often referred to as number 33, depending on if you count... Hold on, I'm opening up both number 33 and number 15. Uh, uh-oh. Ooh. So here's number... Wait, that's... No, exit. Okay. Get into it. This is way too intense for me. Is it? So the, the photo often referred to as number 33. No, what... What are you doing? It's confusing to read. So, okay. Occasionally, some of the conspiracy theorists us, we claim that the UF, that UFO that a UFO scared the group away. Although seemingly incredible, this claim might have some base to it. I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> uh. Although seemingly... Oh, wait, no. About the same time, Soviet armed forces did launch several rockets from... Baconer Base, although military claimed the rockets landed in the North Ural Mountains, several geologists 70 kilometers from the mountains saw some glowing and pulsating orbits flying in the direction of the Kyotlov Siakl on a day of tragedy, the evening of February 1st, which is when they were believed to have died. It's tragic. <laughs> yep. You dare me to put all these bubblegum eggs in my mouth at once and not, chill? Not at all. Okay. Uh, so, Lev Ivanov, who we talked about in the CNN article. Yeah. Uh, um, the man who was in charge of the investigation. Uh, lived a long life in the early 1990s. In an interview to a local journalist, he stated, uh, he stated that during his investigation, he and E.P. Maslenikov... Both noticed that the pines in the forest were burned at the top. He also claimed that A.P. Karolinko, member of the Soviet Congress, along with his advisor A.F. Ashtokin, 
forced Ivanov to take out any reference to the unknown flying objects or other strange phenomena. <gasps> Burned at the top. I like this. I like this one. This included pictures of flying spheres drawn by the Mansi hunters and other testimonies. It is true that the Soviet Union experienced a boom of interest on everything unknown. Skeptic, skeptics might also add that Ivanov gave this interview to make some money. However, we have to mention that Kirilenko became obsessed with the UFO theme. Starting in the early 60s, he filed several requests to gain access to the KGB archives. Hmm. Uh, we don't know what was found in the documents, but it is undeniably strange that a political figure in the USSR paid such interest in this subject. The UFO was not investigated by the official science, so it deemed as a pseudo-religious phenomenon. Atheist Soviet Union obviously prohibited any interest in the subject, especially among members of the highly legislative body in the country. Uh, surprisingly, what? <laughs> Shut up. Surprisingly, one of the most extraordinary and astonishing versions came from none other than Lev Ivanov himself. In the guy. Yeah. So CNN guy. Yeah. In 1990, the retired prosecutor published an article, The Enigma of the Fireballs, where he admitted that in spring of 1959, under the pressure of A.P. Karolinko and his deputy A.F. Yastokin, he withdrew various key materials from the case that indicated the true cause of the accident. Fireballs or a UFO? Fireballs. When EP, this is, so this is uh, a quote from him. When E.P. Maslinikov and I examined the scene in May, we found that some young pine trees at the edge of the forest had burn marks, but those marks did not have a con concentric form or some other pattern. There was no epicenter. This once again confirmed that heated beams of a strong but completely unknown energy were directing their firepower towards specific objects, in this case, people, acting hmm. selectively. And it's worth noting that later on, Kirilenko professed a lively interest in the UFOs and received memos about sightings of unidentified objects from the chairman of the KGB, uh, Yuri Andropov. Uh, so, to... May, like you know, let make sure like confirm that he was a high official. Uh, Yuri Andropov was a the fourth general secretary of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. So he was a pretty high figure. And uh, that's really it. That's all the theories. Oh, oh, oh! Did you find one? An apocryphal 2013 horror film, Devil's Pass, ran roughshod over the facts and suggested a ghoulish teleportation experiment and its elite guards had put an end to the Dyatlov hikers. Although the movie is more or less hated throughout the Dyatlov community, some frames fabricated for the movie had become so popular that people mistake them to be real. Here are the frames in question. Oh, wow, that's actually really good. Let me see. This is from the movie, but it looks very convincing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a strictly Russian movie. Strictly Russian. Yeah. Be an interesting band name. Oh. Uh, I'm looking at the rest of the theories. Uh, Wolverine. <laughs> Hugh Jackman wasn't alive. Uh, okay. So yeah, that's uh, that's all there is on the Dialogue Pass. Um, in pop culture, uh, there's been a Criminal Minds episode made a reference to this. Really? Uh, there's a Polish horror video game. I've played it. Yeah. The incident, the incident figures prominently in the 2012 novel City of Exiles. Uh, the Atloff Pass incident was a film directed by Rennie Harlan. Uh, released on February 28, 2013, and August 23, 2013, in the U.S. and Russia and the U.S. respectively. Huh. Follows five American students retracing the steps of the victims, but being a work of fiction, makes several changes in describing the initial events, and in, e.g., inverting names of the victims and everything like that. So there's not like a full uh, movie on it or everything, but there's like a lot of reference to it, and it still remains a mystery to this day. But hopefully they. Uh, it being May now, they find something out. So that is the Diat 
Devot Love. Dyatlov Pass. Dyatlov Pass. That was good. That was interesting. It was. I liked it. And I think the most, obviously, the most plausible explanation is UFOs. Honestly, for a second, I thought you were going to say the beef coon. <laughs> that's really that's number two. <laughs> but no, like, I didn't, like, when you said that uh, he noticed the trees, the pine trees at the top were burned. Like that, that, that's that's like kind in a, of interesting. They weren't like it weren't like in a specific way too. Just yeah. like just like freely burned yeah. in like certain areas. That's weird. It was quite interesting. It's it is interesting. So thank you, Andrew, um, for uh suggesting that one. Yeah, that was good. I had read it about it a little bit a very long time ago, but I didn't remember. He it he dabbles in skiing too, so I think that's why uh He does dabble yeah. in skiing. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think happened? I mean, honestly, I don't think there's anybody that could tell you. I know. Like, there's no theory. And so, if you want to look up, like, if you want to do your own research, um, the website is just called literallythatlovepass.com. And it is super, super in depth. So, yeah, if you want to do your own research or look at some stuff, like the real photos that we're taking from the cameras, just theoutlovepass.com. But, like, there really is, like, there's no theory that probably supports it more than the others yeah because there's like there it's so it's such like an uncertain everything's so vague it's such an uncertain outcome yeah. like there's no like evidence for anything yeah you could I mean, you could say that like you could point out four different ways that girl lost uh part of her face and each way would make just as much sense as the next which is the crazy it's just part. no solid evidence really you don't really get a lot of uh like mysteries like that where there's yeah. not like a strong theory that a lot of people believe that's unproven it's like nothing is nothing's known yeah and that's why it's interesting but if you had to if you had to like I guess pick is one that stood out to you that makes the most sense what would you say I mean at first I thought the avalanche would make sense but then you said there had been no like Recorded evidence of an avalanche happening there, like ever. Mm-mm. To this day, there still hasn't been one. Yeah, and that was like sixty years ago to the date, almost or sixty years ago, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. Then the romance one that was just like and the romance one was a little weird. I didn't get that. It's good. The UFO one was like it made some sense. Yeah, and like with all those high-ranking officials talking about yeah. it and like saying that's like, that's the one I would go with. You need to like get just rid of this and everything. Not just because it's aliens, but like there seemed to be a lot more backing mm-hmm. that theory. Like usually, you know, upstairs. Yeah, my mom. Oh, I thought she left. I thought she did too. That I got scared for a little bit. Did you hear that? <laughs> oh my god, it's a ghost. <laughs> oh my god. I wonder if that fart picked up. I mean, that ghost. <laughs> Picked up. I wonder if your 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 ghost. I think we just up. got an EVP. But yeah, I, I, I think um. Get out now. <laughs> Beef and cheese. <laughs> I think uh. <laughs> ew. Don't put your foot on mine. I'm not. I think the fact oh, that <laughs> you're holding your mic backwards. <laughs> I think I just I just don't think there's any like any way to know what the truth is. Yeah, that's what makes this such a good like topic to talk about. If you had to make up your own theory, what would it be? Okay. Anything uh, like outlandish goes. Everything I read about, I would say some creature spooked them. Uh, They died of hypothermia because it was like negative 22 that night. So them like running and trying to hide from the creature would make sense why some of them were at the edge of the tree line so they could get back. Some yeah. people kept running because they were scared. And the people in the ravine, they were running, couldn't see, fell. And, you know, she like, the girl that's missing stuff, like hit her, just crushed her face on the rock and then snow covered it all. Or I don't even know. But that, I think some creature was involved. I think that makes the most sense. See, I would I would mix the UFO theory and the shrooms theory together. How so? The aliens planted bait, shrooms there, and so you know naturally, they ingested the shrooms, 
and so that got them tripping and stuff, so that the aliens they wouldn't they wouldn't run. Look at this. What? This Reese's peanut butter cup was wrapped in two of those things. <laughs> That'd be fun if you ate it after you I took the first did. one. <laughs> All right, go. So yeah, so the aliens they planted the shrooms there. They adjusted the shrooms, and that way, so when they did see the aliens come down, they wouldn't be freaking out. So maybe they weren't running out of the tent. They were going towards the aliens, you know? But and why then, would they have, like, cut up the tent and, like, wrecked the campsite so much and then only wear partial well, clothing? Well, uh, aliens are smart. They would have made it seem like they weren't there, you know? Would have made it seem like something else was happening. Right? I guess so. Yeah. Masterminds. I did mention that in the hunter theory that they were the ones who wrecked the tent. Mm-hmm. And everything. So I guess that's a possibility. Yeah. But everything goes. No. Dinosaurs. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Enough about the Dyatlov Pass. Um, you said you wanted to talk about something. Oh yeah, that's right. If you have waited through that, what you probably think was boring, just to hear this, that whole time. Um. Tomorrow. Well, I don't know when this podcast is going it's, up. It's going up today. Friday, okay, so Saturday. tomorrow, Saturday, If you're May a mobile, 4th, this pertains to you. Yeah. Um, if you like music in airports. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. So Jackson and I are affiliated with a band called Split Retro. And it's a band with some people who have been on this podcast before. And yours truly, Douglas. I am the drummer of that band, and Jackson is the audio boy. I'm the <laughs> sound technician slash audio photographer, boy. photographer, <laughs> photographer, photographer slash the unofficial official manager. Yeah, and uh, so we have a uh, a concert or a gig tomorrow at uh, Roy E. What's the name of the airport? I have no idea. Something airport. I don't know. Hold on. Let me try and find it. Roy E. something airport. That's it. It is... Roy E. Ray Airport. <laughs> and it's 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 not that far away. It's like halfway to Dolphin Island from Mobile. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people there. Some drinks are going to be flowing. Some planes are going to be blowing. Flying would have been better. Yeah, that's true. I wanted to get the rhyme in. Could have done um, alliteration. And the music is going to be booming. So, <laughs> I don't know. Flowing. But, yeah, so. Uh, Funky. It's an open invite. Anybody can come. Not that uh, anybody will go to. Uh, Tell you what. If you're listening to this podcast. And you come solely because we told you to. <laughs> come up to one of us and say, I'm here because of night. Yes, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. We, Douglas will pay you money if you do no, that. No. Why do you keep saying I'll pay people? You put that in everything. Because you will. No, I won't. Because you're... Only big, if they do something for you're me. You're proprietor of this podcast. Yeah, but I'm not financially supporting it. Not really. We, we don't pay for anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... Yeah, come I paid for a sixty dollar mic. I only use it for half the time. <laughs> <laughs> we needed eight. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening. Come out to see that if you want. Yeah. If not, we understand. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you to Andrew for coming up with this yeah, idea. Thank you. We're gonna need to tag him in the Instagram post. We will. Yeah. And then, uh, as always, follow us on Instagram at nightsims.podcast. and uh, we'll see y'all next time. Thank you.